There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should. The ways that will make our parents happy, our colleagues respect us, society at large accept us, and of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. Be a fly on the wall as my guests and I dive into the untruths we're currently living with and work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. Professionally, I run Grow My Team. I'm one of the co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women, but personally, I'm a lot more than that. Last year, I moved through a breakdown. I also moved through a breakup. I also changed my entire career professionally, sold my company, ended 17 years in financial planning, a lot of change. During this period, I had a strong calling to share what was going on for me, to share it publicly on my blog, on my social media. I don't know why, but I really felt that it was important to open up these conversations and share with people what was really happening behind the scenes of my life. This sharing resulted in a lot of people reaching out to me to have deep conversations. And I started imagining what would it look like if other people could listen in on these conversations? What healing could come from that? I knew that I was healing. I knew the people I was having conversations with were healing. And I really felt that if other people could listen to these conversations, to what was happening in real time, as we worked through things, that healing would come for many. And so on a drive from Vancouver to Colorado, a pilgrimage, I would say, where I was moving my life back to the state that has called my heart since the first moment I ever set foot in there, this podcast, In My Truth, was born. It feels healing and growing for me. I believe it's healing and growing for my guests. And I feel that there will be healing and growing for you, my listeners. So let's dive in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in, what we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome Ashley Moyle, my very best friend, to the first episode of In My Truth. I'm so excited to have one of my my own tribe on the show and willing to open up um, about a current untruth that you're working through. And I'm so excited to dive into that with you. Before we get started, could you give us a little bit of an intro to who you are and what you're all about, what you love and what you do? Oh, thanks for the intro, babe. (laughs) Uh, Essentially, I am an interior designer um, for Red Dog Project with my other very best friend or our other very best friend, uh, Danny Wales. All the best friends. Um, All the best friends and all the tribes, because that's what we do. We just keep our circle really really you know closed not really we're pretty open um so yeah I work with them I do some other things as well I do some content creation with some friends um and help them out with their branding um which I'm doing with you at the moment which is exciting I have an obsession with crystals don't know if anyone saw your live video the other day but she announced to the world Sarah did (laughs) that I can put energy into crystals which is my new talent which I'm pretty impressed about um yeah and that's really it. Love Pilates, get involved in that. That's about it, really. That's the most exciting stuff about me. 
Amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. You walked into my life about a year and no, two. Nearly three. Two years, uh, two years ago. About two. <laughs> okay. Coming up to it doesn't matter. Time, what is time anyway? But time is bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> you walked into my life about a couple of years ago in uh, Greece, in Mykonos, and we actually bonded at a pool bar over some some truth um, that we hadn't shared with other people, and it was pretty amazing. And I think ever since then we've been very open with each other and I know you've certainly been a sounding board for me to kind of uncover some of the things that I've been working through Mm -hmm. with truth I think oftentimes you know we don't even know the lies that we tell ourselves or the things that we hide from ourselves some of the some of our untruths are more obvious than others so yeah you've been an amazing sounding board for me so thank you so much for that but thank you for being on the show and let's just dive in I guess to what you're working through right now that you want to bring to the light yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm working through it. I think it's something that happened to me 15 years ago and I haven't really spoken about it before. I mean, people know about it, but they don't really know what happened or who I am or how that's affected me over the years. So mm-hmm. it's something that I'm going to talk about today and I'm so glad that I'm doing it with you. Me too. For the first time all over the world, announcing it to everybody. <laughs> Um, shall we dive in? How are you feeling? Are you are you nervous? Are you ready to go there? Um, yeah, I think I'm I'm good. I'm I'm always been okay talking about it. Um, I think my my stance on it and how I feel about it is probably different to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a bit hot right now, actually. I'm sweating. I think the heat is too hot, but that's okay. <laughs> um, that might be just a reaction. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I think how I've perceived it over the years and how I've come to feel about it is probably very different to how people I know that are also victims of it and um, I don't like using that word but that's probably the best word to describe it how they feel about it and how they really struggle with it and I don't I don't think I've ever really struggled with it I mean initially yes but over time no not really I think it's just something about me that's happened to me and Mm -hmm. that's really cool well I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about so neither will our listeners (laughs) do you want to do you want to dive in? Yeah, no, I was waiting for you to ask the question. I'll just <laughs> give a little foreground into my thought process there. Thank you. Um, so essentially when I was in high school, I um, I had a teacher, obviously, a male teacher, um, and he um, sexually and emotionally abused girls, including myself, um, for many years. And um, that was pretty difficult in my teenage years. So I think I was... I was 14 when it came out and probably, oh no, I was, it was probably 13 or 14 when it started happening and um, it came out probably when I was about 15 or towards the end of that year. I can't really remember the date specifically, but I remember where I was and what was happening. So I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was also my primary school teacher as well. So my school was uh, prep to year 12 and um, I went to school in Australia, just so you all know, because prep to year 12 is an Australian thing, a Melbourne thing specifically. Um, and he was my year five and six teacher and, um, nothing really happened in those years that I can recall. But, um, as I moved into year seven and eight, things escalated. Um, and I'm not really, I don't really want to go into the details of what specifically happened. I don't think that's important or relevant, but the abuse was there emotionally and sexually. So, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to highlight it. I don't think it's important to highlight something that's happened to me I think it's more the process around it and how I've dealt with it since I think that's far more important than 
anything that actually physically or emotionally happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially that happened. Um, and I remember, I remember um, my best friend who was the principal's daughter. Um, I didn't want to go into specifics, but I'm going into them. So let's just roll with that. <laughs> um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring other people into it, but um, I'm going to. Um, I remember she called me one night and um, she's like, oh, Mrs. Young wants to see you, which was, there you go, I've just dropped a name. Mrs. Young wants to see you, which was a guidance counsellor at school, and she just wants to speak to you about so-and-so, the teacher. And I was like, oh, God, I'm in fucking trouble. I knew exactly what it was about. I knew what it was for. I knew what was going to happen. I was going to get expelled from the school. I was running through all these minds, and I was like, oh, my God, my parents are going to find out. I'm fucking going to die. So I went through all that process, I think, for a good 24 hours and I was absolutely shitting myself to go to her office that day. And that really introduced me into the world of counselling as well because I don't think, I think when my parents separated when I was younger, I, they tried to get me to go and I was like, I'm not fucking doing that, I'm fine. But um, so that was really interesting and I remember sitting there and she kind of wanted to relay what, what had happened and reassure me that I wasn't in trouble and all of this kind of stuff. So I um, sat with her and that, that was a process that was basically an ongoing process for 12 months um, while they built their case, the school built their case against the, um, the teacher. In the meantime, he left um, randomly to go to a different school. Um, so I feel like he potentially knew it was coming or it was about to come to a head. So he exited the school um, and moved on. But it was interesting because it was a snowball effect. Um, when it happened, I obviously knew I wasn't the only student involved and I knew one student who also knew another student and it was just a snowball effect. I, I feel like there was probably about maybe 12 girls involved in, in that couple of year period. But I, I believe once the hearing happened, um, which we could delve into a little bit later, um, there was other girls involved and the school did nothing about it. There was a warning issued. So, I mean, it obviously could have been prevented, but I honestly feel like, and this is what I've come to realise is, that what happened to me isn't anyone's fault and I think it was supposed to happen to me for whatever reason um which I've still been working through but it's made doesn't define me and it doesn't make me who I am and I'm a very strong mm-hmm. advocate and believer that I'm not a victim nor am I a survivor of it I'm, it's just what's happened to me it's like me getting a dog or you know me me getting a job it's just something that's happened to me and it's led me on my journey to where I am today yeah like it's just a page in the chapter of the book of your life it's not necessarily doesn't necessarily have to carry any more or less weight than another chapter or another page yeah exactly Mm -hmm. exactly it's just something that's awful that's happened to me but plenty of awful things happen throughout our lives and it's not like it it just doesn't define me and I don't want it to define me and I remember I recall telling people about it sometimes and they they get a bit funny about it and I'm just like I really own it because it's just like well it's a part of my story it's whatever like it's like a breakup it's like as shit as a breakup essentially Mm. um that's how I feel about it but um people get funny about it and then they treat me differently and I'm just like well why it didn't happen to you Mm. like doesn't make me tainted or scarred like god it's not like I've got some disease that you can't touch me and you're gonna catch um (laughs) <laughs> I know that's a weird analogy but anyway um and also when I've been in relationships and you know like me and my partner at the time would talk it would always be used to fuel something and be like oh you're so fucked up and damaged because of that and I'm like well actually I'm not because I'm sitting here talking about it openly it obviously affects you more than it affects me so it's just really interesting I think the perceptions of what happens to you as a person as opposed to 
how it actually makes you feel. Mm. It doesn't doesn't really make me feel anything. It's just something that's happened to me, and that's that's really cool. Like, it's really cool. And I think oh, I feel bad for my parents. That's the people I feel bad for the most because I think they feel really guilty about it, and um, I think they hold a lot of guilt because they respected him specifically and like they requested my brother to be in his class and like it was one of those things and they were really damaged by it but and I think they felt really guilty but I mean it's out of their control and I don't I don't they need to like not hold on to that I don't think and I know that they're really angry about it I remember my mum telling me she saw him down the street one day and she wanted to kill him and I was just like why like who cares Mm. like it doesn't matter it is what it is and it's funny because I can sit here and say, and this is when people think I'm really fucking crazy. Um, he was honestly the best teacher I had at school, like the best. He was so cool and just super sporty and really, really great. Doesn't condone what he did. And I just, I think I can separate the feeling of what he's done as opposed to who he was as well as a teacher. Like we're all multifaceted. And I think that's really important to recognize. And yes, he did bad things and he obviously has issues pertaining to young girls, but I mean, that doesn't also take away that fact that he was a great teacher. Mm, I think that's a very well-rounded perspective, something that I can see other people would struggle with, but um, it's amazing to hear that you've come to that place in terms of let's just fast forward to right now, because I know, you know, you have been, somewhat open about this to people in your life partners and you've talked about it maybe not always in detail or whatever but if we fast forward to right now you've kind of made this decision to really open up about this um what's challenging for you right now in this situation like how how does it make you feel right now to be talking about it in such a public forum and um what are you learning growing through right now um i think talking about it publicly publicly for the first time um, causes a slight mild anxiety inside me, not because of telling the story essentially, but how people will perceive, I think, how I feel about it. Um, I haven't really thought about this, but um, I'm just flying off the bat here. But um, This is the good stuff. <laughs> I know. Great. Here we go. Here we go. Sarah's getting deep with Ash. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the perception that people will think I'm either like deluded or I haven't dealt with it or something like that. Maybe, I don't know. Mm. I think that's, that's maybe what it is. And I think, I mean, my perception of it and my truth, my truth behind it essentially is that I don't feel anything about it. I mean, it does affect me sometimes and I get a little bit upset about it every now and then. And it makes, it feels anger inside of me and, and also passion to, and this is probably why I'm talking about it now is to help other people through this. And my story is just another story of so many other stories. It is. That aren't told. It is. And I mean, I think um, a friend was sharing something with me the other day and the stat that she came up with, and I don't know if it's hundred percent accurate, but it's something like one in four women are sexually abused or assaulted in some way mm-hmm. or another. So it's not, um, uncommon unfortunately and I think it's it's amazing that you're you're here talking about it I'd love to dive into this this idea of you know what other people are going to think and how that may change their perception of you because I think that's very real for many people and I think it's one of the reasons why we hold back or it's probably the main reason actually why we hold back 
on opening up about anything big or small is what other people are going to think. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to just dive into that a little bit and just explore with you, like, what are those fears? Um, you kind of named a couple of them, uh, you know, in terms of what you've experienced in the past. I'd love to kind of, what's that big fear that you have right now that someone listening to this podcast is going to, I guess, how they're going to view you or what, whatever it might be? I think it's a preconceived, I, I don't know. I think it's precon, preconceived people who I haven't met or I'm, I'm going to meet may listen to this eventually and be like, oh, she's, she's kind of damaged or I don't want to get to know her because well, she's kind of tainted. It's like slapping that label on you. There's a label on you or something. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want a label. I don't want to be, I don't want to be that victim or I don't want to be that survivor. Like I don't, I don't want that. Like I don't, I don't need to be labeled as anything or a sexual abuse, you know? survivor or victim like I don't it doesn't it's not it's not something I want I'd rather be known as being really awesome or like really funny or you know really good at what I do and I'm an advocate for something not that label amazing yeah I can totally relate to that um what are you <laughs> I'm like oh am I am I gonna say go on say it um well yeah I'll, I'll share something that um I've never really shared publicly and people in my life do know the reason my heart's beating a little faster right now. (laughs) The reason why it's coming up for me is this concept of labels. Um, So when I was about 19 years old, um, I'd come back from a trip traveling uh, in Europe and I came back with debt and I was like, that was just like really stressful for me because I had all this debt and I was at the shopping center one day and I ran into a couple of girlfriends and they were kind of on this mad shopping spree and we got chatting and they told me how they were making money. They were exotic dancers, pole oh, dancers. Right. And I was like, holy moly, that sounds like a good way out of this situation I'm in. And so it's like so crazy to think back now, but I researched all the, um, let's just say and put they are, all the strip clubs in Brisbane where I was at the time, Yeah, found the one I wanted to work at. Went for an interview, which let's just say they're not super discerning around who they hire. Um, you, probably na- you probably nailed it. <laughs> I met the criteria. I was a young woman. Um, and, criteria. and off I went. I went and became, became a, an exotic dancer. I had, a, I had a short-lived career as an exotic dancer. It was about two or three months. I worked, uh, I've never even told you this. No, you haven't. I worked, um, I think, <laughs> Tuesday and Wednesday nights and I worked... Thursday, Friday, Saturday in, a, in another nightclub just behind the bar. And I made like enough money to just pay off all my debt. And then I moved down to Melbourne and never did it again. But the funny thing is um, my heart's still racing. I can't believe I'm saying it, uh, but it's all of that. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> it's that concept of being labeled. And I've always defended myself. Like in my mind, I've defended my reason for not, not being super open about it. It's like, I don't want to be labeled as someone who is or was a stripper, a dirty, dirty stripper, dirty, whatever, everything. Yeah. For something that I did for, you know, two months of my life or two or three, I can't remember, but yeah, let's call it a couple of months of my life. And, um, you know, I've told every serious boyfriend because I, I felt that it was, I don't even know. Isn't that weird? Like why? Who, why have you told boyfriends and not your closest friends? That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's so strange. Like who do we choose the people that we tell these things to? And I, and I have told, I had like my sister knew at the time and, um, uh, my best girlfriend, Anna, who I'm still great friends with, um, 
they knew my mum knew randomly um <laughs> and then over the how did she feel about that oh, she it's so funny she um I remember I came I told her I was going to do it and she just was like okay and she always just supported anything and everything I wanted to do which on the one hand is amazing but on the other hand it's like okay. a bit weird so I came home the morning after my first night and I told her all about it and I was kind of excited because I'd made I don't know five hundred dollars or something and you know, it's, it was actually a pretty like easy job. Like you just go and hang out and talk to people all night, go do a little bit of a dance for them. And a lot of the time they just wanted to chat with you. I didn't drink or take drugs or do anything at all at that time in my life. I went through a couple of year period where I was yeah. um, stone cold sober. And a lot of the other girls actually were as well. Um, I remember the girl that I got partnered up with that first night to show me the ropes was at university and um, paying off a mortgage and she kind of just took me through like mm-hmm. how she how much money she was making and how it was making her life a lot easier and I was like cool this this is what I wanted that sounds good um anyway I got home the next morning and I, I told mum oh yeah it was great I made yeah. five hundred dollars blah blah and she was like oh and I'm like what do you mean oh she's like oh I just I really just thought you'd walk in and take one look around and walk back out again and I was like, that's your fucking parenting strategy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I felt, I felt bad about myself because I was like, so you obviously do have a judgment. You just didn't share it with me because you thought that I would be, I don't know, more. You'd make, but you'd come to the conclusion that she obviously wanted you to come. That to I her. would be better, a, be, a better person, you know, in, in whatever that means, like in these kind of levels of what's good and what's bad, yeah. Yeah. which is not real anyway, but. Um, yeah. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Yeah. And so anyway, that's, um, that's my, my kind of thing that I did not expect to be talking about right now, but I really related to that concept of just not wanting to be labeled. And that's one of the reasons why I really, it's been a really big thing that I've carried with me for a long time. And I actually feel like, fuck it. I would rather just say it on a podcast and let everybody hear it. Oh, wow. And you've, you've just told everyone, so you don't need to tell anyone <laughs> again. So you're all good. Well, well yeah, there, there's, a, there's a sense of relief in just, it's not something I need to carry with me anymore. Um, and if somebody labels me, then that's their decision and their choice. And, you know, I, I really can't. I also think it's their, their, their perception of their life and what they, their beliefs and their, their beliefs, essentially their beliefs. It is. And I really can't control the labels that other people place on me. And I really have no idea. I mean, people can be labeling me all day long, yeah. every day, and I have no idea of, about them. So really what's the difference um, with this? But I absolutely understand that feeling of not wanting to be labeled. And, you know, I'm wondering how sick I'm going to feel after this interview, knowing that <laughs> I've opened that up. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens when we do. Cause yeah, I know I'm interested to see what, what feedback I get or you get from me opening up mm-hmm. as well. So it's, it's kind of exciting actually. I feel, don't feel, I don't feel like horrible about it. I just feel really excited and I feel like it's a big, it's a big step forward into actually moving into my truth and just, this is me and this is who I am and this is what's made me me and got me to where I am today and I, I'm like fuck it I'm embracing that like I'm not going to shy away from it or let people dictate to me that that's how I am and that's because I'm, I'm damaged because of that well, we're all fucking damaged let's be fair well yeah but I like the way that you put it at the start or maybe it was the way I put it just giving myself props but I, <laughs> I like the idea that it's just a page in a chapter of a book of, of our lives and nothing really defines us, not to mention the fact that all we ever really have is right now. Like right now we're living in this moment and these particular things that we're talking about 
you know, in, in some ways they don't exist right now. In other ways, they always exist energetically, but they're not actually happening right now and okay. who we are and yeah. Yeah. The book keeps moving. I think like the, the book never stops writing itself. So sitting in that chapter and I think dwelling in it isn't serving anything. It's just you repeating that same chapter over and over again, but the book's still writing in the process. You're just sitting in that chapter. Your mind is essentially anyway. Yeah. And I think if you move through things and you're accepting of they happen to me, then they don't, they're not happening to me now. Well then I think you're on the right path to just living the best life that you can for you in the moment that you're living in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, is there anything else that you want to share around what you've been moving through? I guess you kind of knew you were going to probably talk about this with me today. Um, anything else that's been coming up for you at the thought of sharing it, at the thought of talking publicly about it? Um, I mean, not really. I haven't really, I didn't want to think about too much about the the aftermath of it, to be honest with you. I just wanted to do it and get it out there. So mm-hmm. um I haven't thought too much about besides what people will think and I think how people, how it might make people feel. But um, um, it has brought up a little bit of anger actually. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's, not towards him though, strangely, to more towards um, the neglect of, of the school itself. And I think the way that, that they approached it with all the other girls who there wasn't really, I mean, there was support um, throughout the years. I was the only student that stayed until the end of year 12, every other girl left. Mm-hmm. So I, um, slogged it out. There was parts of the school that I didn't really go back to, um, or areas that I didn't want to go upstairs into where the classroom was, or things like that. But um, a bit of anger, I think, just from the neglect side of things, and I think the way that they handled it and covered it up, they covered it up, and I they say it was to protect the girls, and I, I honestly just think it was to protect themselves. Mm. Um, and I mean, it was a Christian school, so it was you know a pretty fucking big deal. Um, so the anger, I think, was there a little bit. Um, I was journaling about it this morning and I did meditate on it as well because I wasn't sure what I was actually going to say and I didn't want to think about it too much because I just wanted it to be kind of organic and whatever came up, came up. But, um, yeah, the anger was there. Um, so that was interesting. Mm. And what do you think's behind the anger? Like how do you how do you move? Did you get any insights when you were journaling? I always feel anger is. Um, you know, it's like almost that first emotion that surfaces and then we can yeah. kind of dig a little, for, you know, that frustration and anger. That's the fire in us. It gives us a little power. If, or it feels like power. Um, and, you know, we dig a little deeper and we kind of see like, oh, maybe there's something left there or maybe there's something else there for me to see. Was there anything um, come out or, or are you still processing through that? I think I'm still processing through it, but I also, in the same token, there is anger, but I also feel... Like, what were they supposed to do? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they're a business. Um, they need to protect th- their business, the school, and the other students. And I think they wanted to keep the parents in the dark or the other parents in the dark a little bit um, because, obviously, God, could you imagine that comes out? People will be dropping out of school left, right, and centre. So, I mean, I understand what the way that they did it. And I know that they, I mean, a lot of it was taken out of the media. Um, it was very monitored and red taped. Um, so... Um, I think it, I think around that, and I mean, maybe that falls into maybe he didn't get what he deserved, the teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't go to jail. He didn't do anything. I don't think anyone's ever really pressed sexual charges against against him that I know of. 
but he did lose his teaching license and that's about it. So, I mean, maybe it stems from that. And I don't think this, I think the school could have pushed it a little bit further if they wanted to. And I think it was just like, everything went back to normal essentially once it was all smoothed over and, you know, he'd, he'd gone, we'd gone, gone back to school and the hearing was over. It was, it was essentially done and people could just move on and let it go. But here I was struggling with something internally for years that I couldn't quite understand because I was fucking 14. And how do you even understand that? Um, yeah. Mm. And it was just kind of like, okay, it's done. Let's just move on and not, there was no real space for you to be able to talk yeah. about it, to explore I mean, it, to understand. Yeah. The grief council was always there. I always used to go in there and see her. And I remember they, um, got me to go and see a a psychologist as well actually I think my parents may have done that I'm not sure but I remember the school allowing me to leave so I'd like drop science early um in in high school and I didn't do it I wasn't allowed to do it then in year 11 and 12 because I dropped it in year 10 um so they let me go once a week to that for god Mm -hmm. knows how long term or two terms or something like that but I mean, the school was always there. And I remember one of the teachers comes up to me at the end of year 12 and he's just like, I'm so, like, one of the weirdest teachers. Oh, he had, like, the most boisterous voice. Um, but he um, he was just like, I'm so proud of you. Um, I can't believe you've made it to to the end and you're just, you're excelling and it's not defined. Like, it's not, it's not a, it doesn't seem like it's affected you, like how it affects other girls. I'm like, well, it has affected me. I just, I just don't want it to consume me, essentially. It's like you're acknowledging it, but you're saying I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna allow it to define me, which goes back to exactly yeah. what we've been saying um, right from the yeah. start. And I feel like potentially this is another step toward that, where you're you're now kind of taking it from from inside of yourself and just offering it up to the world and saying, "Cool, like I'm offering all of these other things to the world: my beautiful design skills, my incredible content creation, my vibrant personality, like all of the things that you do, and you know, you give me so much as a person and and those all around you." And now you're just bringing this to the light as well and saying, well, this is just another part of me. And it, I almost think bringing our truth to the light actually takes the power away from it and contributes toward not allowing it to define us because all of a sudden it's no longer a burden that we need to carry. hundred percent. I just, I feel like if anyone listens to this and anyone that's gone through what I've been through, I don't, I want them to feel like it, like they don't have to feel like a victim or a survivor. It's not, it's not about that. It's not about the label. It's just, it's just a part of your story and that's, and that's so fine. That's, that's okay. I love that. And I really appreciate um, your perspective on all of it. Um, Even being able to see that he is a multifaceted, I think is the word you used person. And this is one part of, of him. And I think it is easy for us to, again, slap labels on things like this is right. This is wrong. This is terrible. This is evil. This is good. This is bad. Um, and it, it's human nature. We want to try to understand things. So we try to define them and label them, but you know, none of us are one thing. We're a universe unto ourselves. Each of us is a universe. And um, it's, it's pretty impressive that you can rise above one part of him and still see some of the light in him, which I imagine took some time or maybe it didn't, but it's, it's, it's impressive. Um, I think something, something I sometimes struggle with, is kind of going between that. Like I, I see the light in a situation, but then sometimes I'm back in the anger and the, the hurt and the pain and then I can see the, the goodness again and it's, it's a battle. But um, I, I think we have to fight for that light in some regards. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I actually working through a situation with another well, another person. And as much as they've fucked me off and I'm angry and upset and hurt, I still see the best in them and I want the best for them. And it's really amazing that when you just when there's love and that's all there is, like that's that's all that matters. It doesn't matter about anything else. And I know we've spoken about this before, but it's the same. It's the same thing. I'm seeing all the shit that they're doing and all the self sabotage and all the hor- all the awful things that they're just not living in their truth. And but there's still love, like there's still love there because I can see through all the shit. Mm. So, and I think there's love and there's compassion um, for the fact. Yeah, and understanding and understanding. Yeah, for the fact that you know, I know myself. I've sabotaged many times when I haven't been in my truth. Um, does that make me an evil person or a bad person? No, it's 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 when I was struggling, and I think if we can see that in others and understand that. Um, you know, that sabotaging behavior, that anger or frustration or withdrawal or whatever it might be that's coming out toward us from somebody else, you know, it's really always just their own stuff. It's just something that they are working through. Um, so finding our way to love and compassion um, is a journey, but it's always much more rewarding, much more freeing for us, much yeah. lighter for us to carry as well. Yeah. I mean, that sometimes the teacher too, I think like, what was he going through at the time that all this was happening? What what was fundamentally inherently making him do, make those choices? And yes, they're bad choices. Yeah, we can admit that. Like we, we, you and I always say there's no good and bad, but I think in this situation, yeah, it's pretty bad mm-hmm. because you're taking innocence away from people who absolutely no doubt don't know anything else and they don't understand the situation. But um, what was he going through? What was what was what was he self sabotaging in his life? for him to want to do that or what, you know, like what was contributing to that. So, I mean, he doesn't just decide that he, he likes young girls. Something's happened for him to be like that. Do you find viewing it that way? Um, just, I don't know what the words are, but kind of just, I guess maybe lightens the load for you or just makes it seem a little less heavy. No, I think it's still really heavy. And I think the gravity of it all is, is pretty big, but Mm -hmm. I just think that, you know, like I said, people are multifaceted. You don't actually know what's going on in someone's mind. You don't really know or understand people. And I think something's something's happened for him to want to be like that. And, I mean, not that that's okay, but he just got caught and he had to deal with that and he lost his marriage and he lost lots of things from it. He lost his teaching licence, which and he was a brilliant teacher. Like, there's consequences to it, obviously, and he deserves, he deserves those consequences. But I think trying to fundamentally understand why he did that. I mean, we'll probably never know, but I think for me that makes it easier for me to process my my thought, my thoughts on it and how I feel about it. Mm. Just trying to understand his perspective. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. That was really ad lib there. No, thank you. For, <laughs> thank you for sharing all that. And yeah, I mean I think you're absolutely right. In no way is what he did um, right, correct, or, you know, something that we would condone or, or anything, but I do appreciate your well-rounded perspective in just sorting through it for yourself. And, and potentially, um, I think having that kind of perspective can just help heal and help understand and not, um, you know, just be the victim, I suppose. And I think that's, it's very powerful 
what you've been able to do and the work that you've obviously put in to get to that place. So I credit, yeah, credit you for that. Um, and absolutely in no way is he, <laughs> is he, um, excused for that kind of. No, of course not. And I don't want to excuse anyone else who feels that they are a victim or a survivor because that's their journey and that's their choice to feel that they way that they want to feel. And I'm obviously not condoning what he did or anything that happened to anybody, but that's just how I feel. And that's my truth in it all. Mm, it's amazing. Thank you so much for being so brave to come on and share all of that. And I know um, for myself, and I, I probably will have this as well, there can be a bit of a vulnerability hangover. Um, so I'll be checking in on you in the next couple of days to see how you're doing. I'd love for us to check back in a couple of weeks um, on the show just for a five minute chat and see yeah, of course. how things are. Um, yeah, but I think I'm really, really appreciative, babe, for you being my first guest. I love you with all my heart, with every cell in my being. Oh, I <laughs> love that I popped your cherry. It's really <laughs> You sure did. Um, is there any revelations or anything that's come up during our conversation that you want to finish with? If not, we can just wrap right here. No, I think I'm really good. I feel actually, I feel really good. So I'm excited to listen to it. and yeah listen to my foul voice but no I'm I'm, (laughs) no I'm excited to for you and I'm excited for this podcast I'm excited to be a part of it again and um I look forward to hearing everybody else's truths and yeah amazing well thank you so much Ashley Moyle for joining me in in healing your healing journey my healing journey and I truly believe that these conversations are going to heal other people we will talk to you again soon love you sister love you too Thanks for listening to this episode of In My Truth. You can find the show notes on my website under the tab podcasts or sarahregalhuth.com forward slash In My Truth podcast. To stay updated on all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes. So if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources, but good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. Remember you're not alone and there is hope even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member and let them support you. Reach out to a professional, do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either publicly or anonymously, head to my website and book in. Once again, it's sarahregalhoof.com forward slash in my truth podcast. Thanks again for being here.